everyone. This is Reb Brad, and you're listening to the Soccer Chaplains United podcast from the Touchline. If you're a podcast regular and you've been listening to our Lesson from Lasso series, then you can go ahead and skip ahead a minute and a half to start the pod for the day. Well, it's been almost 25 years for me as a volunteer chaplain and press officer in and around professional football, soccer, as we like to call it here in the U.S., And with that in mind, I've been offering this occasional series entitled Lessons from Lasso, essentially giving a chaplain's perspective on some of the things we see in the hit TV show meshed up with my own experiences in the game. All the while trying to be careful not to over-spiritualize what's on the screen, but commenting on some of the elements I believe can be great points of personal and professional development, no matter what your role or relationship with soccer. So whether you're an athlete, a coach, a staff member, or executive, or even a fan of soccer or of the Ted Lasso show, I hope you'll find this series fun, creative, and having a little bit of everything for everyone that's in and around the game. Thank you for listening to the From the Touchline podcast. Here we go with another lesson from Ted Lasso. He's found the space, and he's found the back of the net. Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made him in. And they have, he has the hat-trick, the second in his career, the third of the night, the hat-trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner, goes towards the near post, and you're at the angle, and what a goal! What a goal! Tied into last week's lesson from Lasso on dealing with bullies, We see Coach Lasso make a comment after Roy Kent has just come into Lasso's office to talk about the bullying going on in the locker room. Lasso decidedly tells Coach Beard, he's the one coach. If we're going to make an impact here, the first domino that needs to fall is right inside that man's heart. The British philosopher and theologian C.S. Lewis in his book, The Abolition of Man, wrote that the head rules the body or the belly through the chest. You see, Lewis believed, as do I, that the heart of a person is a bit like a governor. A properly trained heart brings virtues like temperance, self-control, compassion, among other things, to the other parts of a person. Lewis goes on to write, It may even be said that it is by this middle element that man is man. For by his intellect he is mere spirit, and by his appetite mere animal. Think for a moment. If a person were to simply make decisions and judgments based on one's appetites, then the desire for fill-in-the-blank, food, sex, power, whatever, would unlikely ever be satisfied. The driving force for a person is merely reduced to animal instinct. It's primal and reactionary. Uh, Think about this. If a person only ever relies upon their brain or their mind to make decisions, we might think or see that person just as a robot. Automaton, simply making rational or logical decisions based on numbers, odds, mathematical equations, and various forms of data analytics. In every aspect of the game, the game of football, there is work to be done in winning over the heart. Think for a moment. The captain of the team works to win over the hearts of the teammates in the locker room. The manager, coaching staff, they must work to win over the hearts of the players. A business executive works to win over the middle management, the other staff, and the front office. The owners must work to win over the hearts of the locals and the loyal fan base. Uh, There's tons of other applications and extensions of dealing with heart issues, but hopefully you're tracking with me. The heart is a critical component of all that makes a person up. And if Lewis is to be believed, 
then personal and corporate investment into heart-related issues should be even more so. The problem is, in football, we don't train the heart in the same way that we train the body or even the mind. The body. The physicality of the game is given priority. Just look at the number of medical and physio staff that are employed by an elite team. The same club might have an investment into the mental performance of footballers, maybe employing a counselor, a therapist, a mentalist. And there's a growing area for football as we hear new terms like growth mindset and mental health. But the level of investment is disproportionate. And now consider that same club in in your mind, that same team. Let us ask, how is the heart of an athlete cultivated or cared for? Is this even a consideration or concern? Is it a duty or function falling under the purview of a player welfare officer, or is it an unspoken task that we leave up to an assistant coach or another staff person? As chaplain and pastor, I know the value and importance of the heart issues to which Coach Lasso is referring to. And this scene reminds me of the words spoken by God to the Hebrew prophet Ezekiel when speaking to the work of restoring an exiled nation and his estranged people. Ezekiel 36, 26-28, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people and I will be your God. My friend, no matter your role in the game, work to understand, work to care for the matters of the heart. It's really the only way you might hope to make an impact on the game and in life. Well, thanks for listening to this lesson from Ted Lasso. This is Reb Brad coming to you from the Touchline.